0: the spoiler log and a link to the past randomizer podcast. I'm your host, Dante. Today, I really don't have a whole lot to say. I've been super busy. I'm really kind of surprised that we got this episode out and I'm I'm excited for it. Uh, I, I know I talked about it last episode. I was looking forward to releasing this one. Still am. Hope you guys are going to enjoy this one. But yeah, just been super busy. And with Tim, you know, kind of taking a little bit of a break here from GMP, Uh, A little bit of extra editing on my plate, like we discussed, and it's going to be a little tough. I was considering going back to weekly releases potentially, and then life started to slow that down and then temp departing for a bit. I'm using the word departing again and me having to basically go to weekly editing again. Uh, Definitely put things in check. So definitely going to keep this every other week schedule. And we're going to keep trying to crank out some Go Mode episodes for you guys as well. But today, we do have Jawsome Sauce. I really enjoyed talking with Jawsome Sauce. We talked a little bit back when the NFL playoffs were starting. Uh, That is crucial based on a little bit of our conversation at the start. Hope you guys enjoy Jawsome Sauce. Today's episode of the Spoiler Log has the one and only jaw sauce how you doing man hey i'm good thanks for having me well well thanks for being here um we were chatting a little bit before this like uh obviously super excited for you uh with the lions in the playoffs again well, yeah right
1: yep again uh you know 30 years later
0: <laughs> 30 years later that see we also said this too like the good old days you know the the early 90s when the cowboys were really good the the lions were good mm-hmm. uh that i kind of feel like that was yesterday
1: dude (laughs) yeah well i mean for a long time it felt like the 90s were maybe a decade away and now the 90s were you know 30 years ago (laughs) that's
0: that's that's big scary um uh anyway anyway all right so we we like talking about video games Mm -hmm. um tell me tell me what gaming was like for you growing up was gaming a big part of your life
1: yeah, uh, I was fortunate to kind of have been born into the, a gaming family in a sense, where my dad already had an Atari. Uh, Ooh, you know, I'm, okay. a, I'm a classic millennial, so '80s '80s birth time, and then you know my dad was always a, a big fan of just getting getting games and playing games. Um, he he didn't really know a lot about it, you know, so he kind of leaned on me. Um, mm-hmm. But we we had kind of most of the games, but we, we were probably about two years behind everything. So you know. Got an Nintendo. It had been out for a couple of years. Got a super Nintendo. It had been out for a couple of years, that sort of thing. But, right. um, you know, is, is super accessible to me because my dad also liked to play games, which was cool. Yeah. That helps.
0: That helps a lot. I think, um, being able to like have a parent like in your corner, so to speak.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I remember, I remember, um, so it was probably about, uh, 89, I think, uh, when we got a Nintendo and, uh, I remember my parents, said i could earn earn money to do it i was like four so they you know they said i could earn money to to buy a nintendo and i think all i had to do was like sweep the front porch twice or something whatever oh you know. man <laughs> so gosh what if, if, if inflation working... for two porch sweeping is
0: <laughs> if working for two porch sweeps uh to <laughs> get a whole console uh we still a thing i would yeah. totally be for it especially since like modern consoles for these kids now are like uh, basically a, a lockdown computer uh, <laughs> right
1: yeah and uh you know the difference being you know i still only had three or four games at a time you know at most mm-hmm. you know uh, one of them was zelda nes zelda and of course super mario 1, brothers one which came with the system but right you know i i was into zelda probably you know between ages four and six pretty actively um so i've always, you know it's it's of course with 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 this podcast and with everything you guys do in our community, right? Zelda, Zelda, Zelda started the beginning for me for sure. Oh, yeah. Zelda's,
0: Zelda's huge. Uh, obviously for us now, uh, I guess we, we found a game, we stuck to it and here we mm. are. But, uh, so tell me about your experience as a kid with Zelda one, because I didn't get to experience Zelda one until I was like, came in my teens, like where I remember sure. it. I think I played it one time, uh, as a kid and I, it just didn't stick. So like, you know, looking back, were you frustrated with the way the like the controls were? By chance, you know, the sword just kind of poking out, or was that you
1: know just how it was for you? You know, honestly, it's hard to remember how I felt about it. You know, this mm-hmm. it's such now it's such a long time ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I vividly remember playing it. My my dad and I played together. Um, we drew the maps out. Well, he drew the maps out. So we had the paper that was folded up into the you know you shoved oh, wow. it in the cartridge cover. You know those black cartridge covers. The dust. Oh, I remember covers. those. So we'd have that folded up and he would, he and I would work together and he would draw out the kind of the grid of the map, the squares, Mm -hmm. you know, so we kind of made a map, same thing with the dungeons, mark out all the secrets. Yeah. I remember, you know, it had to be about 1990 or so. We, we made two calls to the Nintendo tip line. Oh, Um, wow. Okay. Those I remember (laughs) really well. Um, I don't remember how much they cost. I don't, I, I should ask him if he remembers It's probably like six or $7 or so, you know, like a minute because <laughs> they were, they charged a lot yeah. for his 900 numbers. If you remember yeah, the nine hundred numbers yeah. were like
0: insane. So like, uh, I don't know if this is still a thing. I know like one of these 900 numbers, according to Google right now, like there's like a psychic hotline and it says mm. it's 299 for the first minute, like us dollars. Right. And then it's 99 cent for each additional minute
1: after that. And, and you know, they make you like wait on the phone for a couple minutes minutes, just like prime the pump. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know, oh, we, yeah. we called them, gotta them um, exactly. And I mean, you <laughs> just the idea of like phones, home phones is, is funny enough, but having to make a, a, a long distance phone call that costs money per minute is just insane <laughs> in, two, in 2024. Yeah. You know? uh, uh, do you remember,
0: um, this is kind of obviously a rabbit trail, but do you remember like the old like ten ten three two one that you would dial or something or yeah. to. Yep. yeah collect as well but like you get like a twenty minute call for ninety nine cent it was like oh nice perfect it was so good for like just people right outside of your area <laughs> right
1: well, that was like you needed to call after six o'clock because long distance was cheaper yeah you know and, oh yeah uh, just the just the weirdest things I the thing with collecting collect call is like in middle school there was a payphone. If folks mm-hmm. that are listening a pay phone is a thing you'd put in like 35 <laughs> cents and then have to make a call on the wall <laughs> oh yeah they existed I promise um but i didn't want to pay and you know if it was time to get picked up from school a lot of a lot of kids do this you'd call the collect phone number and it would say you have a collect call from and then you would say hey it's me i'm ready to be picked up and that, that would be your name and then yeah. my mom would hear that and know it's time to come pick me up in middle school and then it wouldn't cost anything that's awesome so you so, actually did that not just like oh yeah not the,
0: not the bit of that wow
1: that's pretty good yeah i mean it, it was like the best way because then you didn't have to worry about having change and stuff you know like mm-hmm. finding the 35 cents or you know and it's right. just you know you didn't need to make a call you just needed to let them know you know and this is like maybe about five years before we got kind of the first cell phones that were really common for everybody to have the kids <laughs> yeah. at least that's another sure. issue, <laughs> <laughs> but we, we yeah. called, the we, so we called this tip, the tip line twice. One was for, um, there was a, uh, a, a play super Mario brothers three. It was like the windy Koopa level that the, the, the airship, for some reason, the background blended in, in a way that we couldn't see how to get through it. We just kept dying. And then when they told mm. us, it was like, Oh, you just go underneath. And you're like, Oh, of course, thanks for the ripoff. But another one was for Zelda. And it was because we had no idea where the silver arrows were. Um, We were lost in level nine. So we did use that for that. It's basically cheating. Um, But man, level nine is hard when you have no guides or anything. Back Level nine is hard. I mean, that whole game's hard.
0: Uh, I'm like, I'm still insanely jealous you got to use the tip line. Like my mom would not let me call it when I got stuck in uh, Link's (laughs) Awakening twice and I had to write a letter both times to Nintendo Power, which took lord how long probably like four to six weeks to get back and it was like all right time to fire the game
1: boy back up. (laughs) you know what i have uh i did that as well and i have my response letter that i got wow Wow. you kept it that's amazing yeah um i'm missing a page so it goes on the second page i don't know um but the gist of it was i I wrote in i was so my my kind of ties into the, the gaming history with me um my favorite game of all time is earthbound it's another game okay. my dad and I, my whole family plays that my sister well, my sister and my dad play. It's kind of a, a very special game for us, but it's my all time favorite game for a billion reasons. And uh, I wrote in as, a, you know, probably eight or so early, you know, 94 or 95, 96, probably mm-hmm. wrote in, uh, you know, did some really crappy art on an envelope because that's what you did. And you sent it in, you know, you did mm-hmm. the envelope art. I think I traced some earthbound characters, but you, I asked them, you know, what Ness uh ness's mom in the game calls and says hey i I covered for your teacher and my question was like well what school does he go to and so the response is basically saying oh you go you know ness goes to the school that jeff goes and if you know earthbound there's a school that one of your party members leaves to to join your party and the best part is at the end they pitched me super mario rpg saying that hey there's a game coming out that you're probably going to love if you love earthbound and so i basically have like a letter to you know i, I know i know it's like form letter and they stuff you know it's sure. it's special to me but it's not unique but it's mm-hmm. basically saying like hey this game's coming out in the fall or whatever you'll probably love it it's super mario rpg with all your friends mario and whatever and so i basically got like a personalized preview not preview but um promotion <laughs> marketing letter to yeah. go to, to to go to that game which also is one of my favorite games so it's just a really cool thing that nintendo they did you know again it's marketing i get there's some cynicism there I could have. But like, it's cool as a kid to be like, wow, this is, you know, and in hindsight, you'd be like, wow, like these were my favorite games. And that's so cool that they had people do this stuff.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we didn't have game facts. We didn't have, uh, right. you know, YouTube walkthrough tutorial videos and speed running tutorials. So back then, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that did exist because otherwise I don't think I ever would have beaten Link's Awakening until I was an adult or until yeah. the Internet. Um but but I guess like tell me a little bit about Earthbound. So I mean, obviously going into the SNES, uh, if that's one of your your favorite game of all time, yeah. uh, I, I wanna I wanna know why, because I, I've told people before, I've I've seen the game, I can respect the game, but I've tried to get into it late in life and I, I don't mm-hmm. see the
1: appeal. So I love to hear people's appeal on that. Yeah, you know, and it's 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 just one of those games that that just captured me. Um mm-hmm. you know, it's it's hard to <laughs> be like, this is why, this is why it's, yeah, it's yeah. a game that i so so you know back in the day we're doing a lot of old man talking already which is fun um you know <laughs> i'm almost I, i'll be 40 next year so i'm you know getting my old man hat on more sure. and more every year right I'm back in when i was screen. a kid and when you have a kid it's like you, you know my, my son will be like dad you're just talking old people again i'm like yeah i want to tell you about the 90s <laughs> it's fun <laughs> You know, and he, he likes to play, you know, we get the mini classics and the switch online stuff where you can play the old game. So he, we'll, we can talk about that in a minute, but you know, he's, he's seen what, what we used to go through too, which is cool that that stuff's out there as library. Right. Um, but so, so we didn't really have blockbuster. We had like a bunch of family owned video stores, which was cool. It was like kind of like better than blockbuster because it was cheaper. Mm-hmm. And like, it was that like not giant corporate thing where like you'd go in and, they had their own way of doing things and, you know, they were just kind of chill, more chill. Um, and my neighbor owned one of them. So we would go to the video store on Fridays and it was like five video games for $5 for, for the weekend, which is insane. Insane. insane, (laughs) Right. Like even for like three days, you know, like just for two, two and a half nights. And, 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 you know, I would just pick games and stuff and that's where I rented earthbound. Um, and they had, you know, the way they had it, if If you visualize, you go into the store, small building, you know, probably the size of like a McDonald's or something. you know, not a huge building. you go yeah. in and there's just rows of boxes and they would have like the cartridge boxes, like the original packaging boxes. And then if they had the game, there would be like a little like a little tab in front that you could take to the front, and then they would exchange that tab for the game, right. And so mm-hmm. like you go in there. I know you know this, but I, I know a lot of people. Might, you know, a lot of younger folks might have no idea how this works.
0: I'm, I'm really having a trip down memory lane yeah. and I'm starting to feel super old, but but yes, yeah, this, no,
1: this needs to come yeah. back, right? Like, we might come full circle because of the way the streaming's going, but that, that aside, <laughs> the, the idea is you, you, you know, so the excitement of going, okay, I, I hope Earthbound's there because I love that game. That was a really expensive game at the time. I it might have been over almost 100 bucks, um, because it was pretty newish 95, 96. Yeah. Um, you know, came with a guide, it was a huge box. It was one of the more expensive ones, which which is one of the reasons why it didn't sell very well. But the idea was, you know, I love that game. Just playing it, didn't get very far. Just like the, it just caught me, and so I always looked forward to it. And it was like you you go in the building and you'd hope to see that little tab hit, sitting there next to the giant Earthbound box, and it was like score when it was there. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was video games for, for us then. I didn't own a lot, just rented a lot. Um, but eventually, I, I would have dreams about Earthbound. Um, again, you know, being like 10 or 11 years old and just, I, I had to have it and uh, um, eventually was able to buy it. my dad liked it, you know, that became like our family game that we played a lot. It, it comes with a guide. So like my dad, right? Who, who, when we played, it was everything, was a co-op game because eventually he would hand me the controller to beat the boss or, you know, like, like links of the past. I beat all the bosses when he played, because, mm-hmm. you, you know, he, he, you know, just, boomer <laughs> which sure. you know the same thing when my kid and i play roblox i'm handing the phone to him to say how do i do this thing you know that's just the the way it works yeah so you know then we got it so 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 part of the appeal long story made longer i guess is like it's just this adventure it's a it's a jrpg but it's it's centered on american culture it's kind of like what the japanese developers would view american culture like hamburgers mm-hmm. and Weird mayors and <laughs> all sorts, of, you know. So you're a kid with right, a baseball right. bat, uh, and you're trying to save the world from this crazy alien from the future. But like the the writing, the style, this like the cuteness. The the there's like a, a belching blob that is taking over the world with zombies and all, all sorts of weird stuff, monkeys and like it's just so unique and quirky. And it's all about this kind of message of like friendship and family and work. You know, working together. There's like some cool moments you take a break in it. Gives you kind of a the game gives you a pep talk about you you can do it you're almost there keep going and the music is really awesome and so just all that just kind of grabbed me it might not grab you might not grab other folks like that's that's totally okay well
0: that's for some reason it just grabbed me yeah I mean like that's that's what's so fun about like the gaming hobby is that you know there's some people like I I've got friends that are like big into retro gaming they're big into modern gaming and they look at me playing a link to the past randomizer or dance games like I do. And they're like, I mm-hmm. don't see the appeal in this, but yeah, and that's okay. I, yeah. And that's, that's there's like a, a flavor for everybody. That's kind of why I like, I like hearing about people's uh, you know, take on something that I'm not a huge fan of because it just kind of broadens your perspective
1: yeah. a little bit. And so one of the games, uh, so, so two things with that, the fun thing is yeah, um, where I work now um, I just started a job about, I just celebrated my first year anniversary at this one job. And the first day we were meeting all the team members, it's a work from home kind of virtual job. And mm-hmm. one of the team members said they like video games. And I asked them like, well, what games what game you like? He goes, my favorite game is Earthbound. And I'm like, dude, we're best friends oh, wow. now. <laughs> and so like every Monday, you know, we're recording this on a Sunday. Tomorrow I'll be doing this. We have, uh, he and I sit down for what we call the Saturn Valley Coffee Chat. Saturn Valley is a location in the game where, where a little coffee break happens. And he mm-hmm. and I just kind of talk about games, relax, you know, he gives, it's kind of like our virtual, um, water cooler talk, but just him and I, we talk about stuff cause we have that similar connection with just, you know, based on a game we played when we were kids that hit us really mm-hmm. well. That's that's pretty so, awesome. It's cool. Especially like finding
0: one specific game. Usually you find, most people find coworkers. It's like, yeah, you know, you're around the same age. I played games. Yeah, yeah. I did too. Did you play this? Nah, but I, I've heard of it, you know, but having two people like meet like
1: that, I think that's really sweet. Um, and Earthbound's the it kind of game long. that like has a philosophical undertone. Um, mm-hmm. There's just a lot going on. I was a philosophy major in college for a little bit too, which so I have kind of a background with overthinking, <laughs> if you want to say. Okay. Uh, you know, the idea of just like looking for cool themes and what's what does this mean, and you know what. It also has a lot of references to like the Beatles, a lot of musical references. So that that, that hits you a lot too. um One thing I wanted to add with that too is that there it's it was a huge inspiration for a lot of games. A lot of RPGs, um, the South Park creators were huge uh, Earthbound fans and like their, mm-hmm. their games that they ultimately made were heavily. The, the Stick of Truth was heavily influenced by Earthbound. Um, Undertale exists because the guy, Toby Fox, made a, a ROM hack of Earthbound and then that oh, became wow. Undertale. I didn't know that. Yeah, he made a Halloween hack uh, of Earthbound. And then that was like the start of this. Sna- some characters like Sands and some other things came from that. And then Earth uh, Undertale, and then ultimately Deltarune, you know all the stuff that he does. That that's basically a derivative of Earthbound in a sense. Interesting. Okay, so, so to, I'm gonna have to look that up. <laughs> yeah, and so a new a new game that came out this year or 2023 was Sea of Stars. Have you heard of Sea of Stars? Yes, yes, I have heard of that one. Um, sea of Stars. Uh, it was it won RPG or not RPG Indie Game of the Year. It was nominated for RPG of the Year, but you know no one's going to beat Baldur's Gate three, so that's fair um yeah especially an indie game but it, it's heavily inspired by chrono trigger super mario rpg earth and a lot of undertone of earthbound is in there too so so you know even modern games like that it's still continuing to inspire so again it's cool if, if people don't like earthbound that's okay you know it, it is it's kind of playing as an rpg in mechanics especially nowadays but like right. it's it's been heavily influencing and in, in, in gaming especially rpg Well, it's
0: kind of like it paved the way, like it helped pave the way, you know, a lot of people like to, I've heard this phrase. It's like, I, I I was walking so you can run, uh, and like paving the way for people. And I think that it's applicable because like, you know, if you look at Mario RPG, uh, which I loved as a kid Mm. as well. And, you know, even seeing the remake today, you know, it's, it's very, it's, it's in depth if you want it to be, as far as like the, the mechanics and stuff with like the speed run and all. But as far as just playability and like how much you have to know to have a casual run through it, it's it's yeah. fairly basic.
1: Sure, and a lot um, of those games are. So I mean, good. if you play Chrono Trigger now, I mean Chrono Trigger is another one of my favorite games. I, I, Super Nintendo, anything on Super Nintendo tends to be on my favorite game list, just because that oh, is yeah. like the machine of of destiny in a sense. <laughs> you know, somebody, <laughs> obviously, Link to the Past. Right, we're still playing the game thirty years later. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and
0: and well, obviously. We'll get to that uh mm-hmm. some here in just a bit. Um, so I guess progressing forward, obviously yeah. the SNES and stuff. Did you kind of stay on consoles? Did you pivot to something else or did did life take a different turn?
1: I mean, we had we had a PC, you know, like Windows 95, 98 stuff, but like it was never powerful enough to do like a lot of crazy stuff. You know, I wasn't like the cutting edge. I, I until the Switch, basically, I've always been about, like I said, two or three years behind okay um this is the switch i happened to get on the on release day and i've been uh, you know all in on the switch since then but uh pc you know I, I did a lot of stuff like rts games like warcraft i was huge huge warcraft fan um i'm right. I've, I've been playing world of warcraft since it uh about two years after it came out so i still play world of warcraft so that you know that whole blizzard world uh in terms of the lore you know i've yeah. always been been a fan of so, so how many hours
0: do you think you have in in World of oh Warcraft? Oh my God!
1: Uh, how many days do I have in World of Warcraft? That's the question.
0: <laughs> I always love hearing people either try to answer that or, or 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 actually answer it. I'm guilty of that too with some some other like MMOs back in the past of just playing way more than like looking back that I probably should have at that time. At least, I mean, at least WoW still has content and you know it still has a player base. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, and what's what's funny is just how games have changed in from a perspective, um, from a perception aspect of like what's a good amount or what's a healthy amount, right? World of sure. Warcraft always got all that flack because people were choosing to do that outside instead of like you know live, uh, right? Go to their job, have relationships, and stuff like that. Now, World of Warcraft is part of that. Um, you know, it's more integrated. But but gaming in general, right? Like the idea of putting a hundred hours or more into a game seemed crazy until about i don't know 2010 maybe like when when all these triple games became like you just played you needed to put 100 hours into play like with the witcher 3 and breath of the wild and you know even more recently but you know at at some point now gaming has been more accepted as like it's like reading you know or like socializing it's it's not just like you're sitting in the in the corner playing a game by yourself it's Mm -hmm. it's a bigger thing I mean, movies are a
0: good example of this, too. I mean, obviously, they're not hundreds of hours long, but like I'm pretty sure television and movies, people initially yeah. were just kind of like, this is this is dumb. You should do something like reading, like you said. Right. But then it became more mainstream gaming kind of went down that same path. It's just it varies how long games are uh, as far as like yeah the the size and, and the, the size of the world.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I don't I, you know, I can't deny that people were making choices the world warcraft was kind of the start of like the addictive behavior of games that kind of went too far because of the you know there's the psychology of the dopamine hits and the the small victories that it gives you you know everquest all those other games were like that too you know i get that now now again i think people are doing a lot better at balancing their life because they're integrating it into their life not replacing Mm -hmm. parts of their life with it
0: Right. You also um, probably yeah. don't have as many like, you know, parents telling kids like you're not allowed to do this. And so right. then, you know, being rebellious in in that stage, you know, that everyone goes through at some point or another, they're like, I got to do
1: this because I got to do what I'm not supposed to. Right. You know, or something. So. But, but even that still, it's helped. still like, hey, I'd rather stay up another hour to play this game, even as an adult, and then sleep mm-hmm. my full eight hours. Right. so like they'll still come in. The, we, we talked before we started recording about how you know, especially millennial yeah. adults with kids, we're starting to sacrifice time sleeping to to get our free time back. You know, there's still that aspect of things, mm-hmm. but there's there's a health aspect to that to to watch as well. Oh yeah, but, absolutely. But culturally, um, it's much much different than it used to be.
0: Yeah, it it for sure is. So with with kind of moving on and getting yeah. you know older, uh, I mean, did you get it in sixty four? Did you get did you stay in Nintendo or did you like? You know, you said you were mostly two to three years behind on on most systems, but except the Switch. But, uh, you know, did you stay mostly
1: current for you? Yeah. So um, so to give you an idea of the kind of the two year thing, when I got my Super Nintendo, Mega Man X had just come out. So I think that was like 94 ish. And and then we got like the Donkey Kong Country one version. So that was like the Mm -hmm. second or third version of the Super Nintendo. when I got a PlayStation, Resident Evil 2 was the game I got that was new. So, Ooh. so to give you an idea of like where we, that was probably like three years okay. into the PS one, yeah, or so I want to say ninety-seven. I mean, Final Fantasy Seven was about that time, so it must have been ninety-seven or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, again, that was you know going from one RP, RPG machine to another RPG machine, uh, essentially because of all the Square SquareSoft stuff at the time. You know, um, Parasite right. Eve, Brave Instar Musashi. Um, you know, so Breath of Fi- Breath of Fire. Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9, you know, so so I tend to gravitate towards the RPG games, but Resident Evil games have always been fun. I've always loved RP, uh, Resident Evil games.
0: Yeah, they have a, a good like mix of like action and puzzle, you know, especially mm-hmm. the early ones. Uh, it wasn't just, you know, a shoot 'em up game. You know, uh, when I first got the game, I thought it was going to be like, you know, just shoot up zombies the whole time. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was going like to you never had enough ammunition to yeah, do that. I know it was so <laughs> frustrating, dude. I was so mad all the time as a kid. I was like, I I'm supposed
1: to kill this thing, but I've got two bullets. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> but that's the game, good game design, right? Like that's the idea of craving this intensity mm-hmm. of scarcity. Right. And that's what later RPG, you know, let me know if I'm going, wait, if I keep going down rabbit holes, of like game design, because if no, we talk about fine. what I do for a living, it's kind of relevant to that. Um, but the idea of like, it's good game design to create that stress from, not having enough of of something. Right. And, and later games, the, they became more action packed, like Resident Evil four, they give you more than enough. It's, it's more of like how you use it, not what you use. And yeah, that's when I start to drop off my interest. I know a lot of people like that because it's more action oriented, but then it's like, no, no, I want to be like freaking out because I have no, (laughs) I have nothing except a knife to run away from a giant monster. Mm -hmm. You know? So, yeah,
0: I, um, I'm kind of with you on that. Like I, I'm somewhere in the middle where it's like, I like the action games. I hate when like an entire genre or an entire yeah. series will say just decides it's going to shift its focus, like mid, m- you know, mid series, you know, like kind of like resident evil did. Like I, I, I had some friends who told me I should play resident evil six. And then I had like people that I trusted as far as game, sure. you know, opinions. And they said, resident evil six is absolutely trash. Like mm. stop at five. And honestly, I haven't played seven and eight, but I hear those are kind of like more, more to form, we'll say, uh, of like the old style. But I, I, I haven't played them, so I don't
1: know a four hundred percent. You know, a good comparative to that is the Final Fantasy series. Um, and this idea of that, mm. like, yeah. things change because they have to. It's a business, right? There's marketing, right. research, all that stuff. You, you, for obvious reasons, things have to change over time. Um, but the thing Square Square Enix has done that I really appreciate as a long time again RPG fan for life here. Um, is that yeah Final Fantasy 15 and 16 are kind of weird if you're looking at 1 through 10 right like they're, they're very action oriented they, you don't control the party the whole time it's not as much turn base and some, some would say oh they're terrible Final Fantasy games but like that's just a name you know, you've got yeah. Bravely Default uh, Octopath Traveler you've got other games that are kind of the traditional Final Fantasy style like they're mm-hmm. still making those games like it's okay that the name is not the same like you're still there's still games for you out there that are being yeah. made and so I, I think with the, rest of the evil game it's like yeah five four five six kind of weird but like look at they remade one one two and three and they're awesome they're scary and intense and thrilling and you've got those too oh yeah so i i think part of and this could just be kind of the the fervor of fandom is that people get a little bit too far into like the name or the like, this is not my Final Fantasy. This is not my Resident. It's like, yeah, but you have a mm-hmm. game you can play. Like, there's stuff for you to do. Yes. Like, enjoy. Be happy. Have fun. <laughs> you yeah, know, just go play. You
0: know, if it's, if it's not perfect, you know, it's because you probably built it up in your head mm-hmm. to be something it never was going to be. Yeah. That's, that's one reason why I kind of hate, like, the way game stuff is now when it comes mm-hmm. to new games. It's like it's teased for so long. And there's yeah. trailers like like Grand Theft Auto 6. Like, the trailer dropped for that. It got leaked. And everyone's like, oh, look at this. This is going to be so good. And I, I mean, it's not guaranteed. Like yes. all the stuff people think is going to happen with this game. And it's like, you know, all you know is what's in that trailer. Like that's the only official stuff. So, yeah. I, I, you know, why why build it up? It's it's kind of like, um, it's like version 32 in A Link to the Past Randomizer. <laughs> it's been, now granted, I know some alpha exists of that, but, you know, it's been built up for so long. I think it's not going to live up initially to people's height because people think it's going to be the, the fix all. And it's, it's yeah. not, it's just a, a rework of code. And I think right. it's a needed thing, but you know, let's, let's, let's fast forward a little more. So you said you were a philosophy major in college. <laughs> right. Um, uh, tell me, tell me a little bit about that. Uh, cause I'm, I, I tell people this, and I mean it with all sincerity, I'm pretty smooth brain when it comes to a lot <laughs> of things. So, so, so tell me a little bit about
1: that. So I originally went to college to be a band director. Um, I played a lot of, you know, tuba, trombone, Brass type okay. instruments. Thought I was gonna just be like a high school band teacher, which sounded fun to me. Uh, and got to college and was like, oh, that's too much work <laughs> for mm-hmm. me. I can't. I can't do that. Like, uh, you know, music majors. You know, I've talked to Tim about this a bunch. The, the idea, of like, and Danny, music as well. Like, the music folks, like, it, they work twice, two to three times more, and more harder than the rest of us especially in college. Cause they're, they take 10 classes and they're all worth one credit hour, but we take like four that are worth three each. And you know, they're just doing right. piles of stuff. And uh, that was not for me. Um, so I switched to philosophy cause I also uh, love politics and law. And I was like, you know what, maybe I'll go be a lawyer. Um, and the, okay. one of the best things to do is is be a philosophy major or political science major. And philosophy just sounded more fun because it was like, you know, Socrates, old dude on the street talking to people about nothing. Like that sounds Mm -hmm. great. That's basically what the internet has become. Um, So I was way ahead of my time on Twitter. (laughs) So Socrates is Twitter. Um, But you know, I I loved. I actually focused on ethics, uh, business ethics, and food ethics in the modern world was my focus. So things uh, that was the time where you know it was all trending with things like Fast Food Nation, Super Size Me, the guy who did the I'm going to eat McDonald's for six months or whatever only. Right. Um, there was a lot of like the omnivores dilemma, which was talking about like the meat factories and the, the I, I eat meat, by the way, I tried to be vegetarian for a minute while that was happening, did not work for me. Um, but I'm aware of, you know, just the mistreatment of animals, mistreatment of people, did a lot of stuff with that, studying kind of like, well, why are we doing this industrial food creation, you know, and kind of the mm-hmm. immigration, the treatment of immigrants um, is probably still, you know, the, that goes back to like the 1920s and that's still happening now. So a lot of that, you know that that was my focus. Not necessarily the ancient like Aristotle stuff. That was too hoity-toity for me. Um, I took a philosophy of math class, and that my head just exploded. I'm not smart enough for math in general, let alone the philosophy of math. Okay. So so that's where my <laughs> yeah, smooth that brain sounds, that's where my smooth that brain starts. That sounds <laughs> really complicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like just philosophy of math sounds. It was like, where know. does math come from? Who does man create math, or does math exist outside of human? And it's like the hell does that matter i had to close my book and just walk out of the classroom <laughs> like why why <laughs> okay <Who cares? Yeah. laughs> um i remember i mean i i, I managed the class um and, and one of the my final paper you had to write a paper about like some theory either like mm-hmm. research a theory and so my my quote-unquote theory which is not original was that all math can just be done on your fingers and so i wrote like a 20 page paper explaining that like even calculus and it was like bullshit all day, which is philosophy, basically. There's the wow. secret. You just bullshit for days. Perfect pre-law, by the way, bullshitting for days. Mm. Um, so- I'm <laughs> the school for this. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. I mean, just hang out and talk about like nonsense. But it was this idea of like, you know, we can do advanced calculus because we just have to do a lot of counting. Like it just takes eons of counting on our fingers and eventually we're going to mm-hmm. get calculus. So anyway. Uh- <laughs> I
0: love it. That's that's, that's pretty awesome. So were you able to apply this like into, you know, your career now?
1: Yeah. So, um, ultimately, so I, I made a couple big career changes. Um, so I eventually went to law school, I, uh, was at Penn state, did my uh, law degree, became a lawyer, was practicing here in Michigan for about six years. Uh, and honestly I hated every day of it. Um, mm. I thought I would love it. I love the law. I love talking about law. Tyler Salt and I spend days just talking about politics and law, um, you know, cause he's, he's also a lawyer, but you know, like mm-hmm. the actual practice of law was just not for me. You know, we talked about if a game is for you or not, like sometimes a career yeah. path is not for you. Right. Um, Absolutely. So, so, you know, after spending about 10 or so years between law school and practicing, it was like, is it too late to change careers? Is this bad? Um, one of the other things that happened and I want to going back to, we just talked a few minutes ago about culture change and how gaming the last maybe like 10 or 15 years has has shifted in the culture Mm -hmm. um one thing that happened to me is um i had kind of like a i don't know if you want to call existential crisis just i had had about a depression and what it was was it just felt like it was time for me to grow up that i had spent so much time playing games doing fun things here i was about to become a lawyer i was about to finish law school and you never heard of lawyers playing video games lawyers didn't play world of warcraft lawyers don't do that you have to grow up and this idea that I'm going to have to shift who I am to, to make room for this like next step in my career. And it kind of wrecked me a little bit um, in the sense where just, it just like, this wasn't what I wanted to do, but I felt like I had to. Um, and so I went to therapy for this. And I highly recommend therapy. Like it doesn't matter how small, how big you think an issue is. Therapy is awesome. Uh, Cause you just get an opportunity to talk through it. Um, right. Health insurances have to cover it to some extent. So if you have a health insurance plan, you're going to get covered by it to an extent. extent. So, it's just worth it. And so I talked to the therapist, the therapist turned out to be a huge nerd like us. Like he had comic books all over his wall. Uh, was a huge, huge video game fan himself. Like it just, it just lucked out mm-hmm. that I happened to find the therapist locally there in um, Pennsylvania. Oh, that- so this was, this was, yeah, I mean, I guess this was a little while back
0: if, you yeah. know, it, not, not all virtual therapy at this point. No, no, this was, I mean, 2010 or so. Um,
1: yeah, wow. so, so you have to go that to a is, place. That's
0: pretty good then to, to be able to like strike that. It just like finding, finding someone compatible with you is like the hardest part. I think Correct. besides like actually making the first call or like signing up for the first thing.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I was super lucky. Um, I just reached out to like a local place that had a bunch of counselors, <clears throat> excuse me, a bunch mm-hmm. of therapists and just started going to see the, see the guy like once or once a week or so. And we would just talk about stuff and he would just ask questions and, you know, very calming and, you know, like, why do you care about this stuff? Like, why does it bother you? You know, why? And I it just would talk about like, you know, this, I feel like I have to give up this stuff. And this is a big part of me, you know, um, just that right. whole area. So, you know, and I worked through that and it was it, it, the big takeaway was like, dude, you're only here once. Like you only you only live once. It's not what society, you know, I know this is a small issue and a bigger, you know, people are dealing with lots of other things. Everybody has their own issues, right? But for me, it was like, you know, you got to do what makes you happy. Um, it doesn't matter if there's like a social standard for it, essentially. Like if you think, and sometimes the social standards aren't really clear. You might think they're a certain way. So this idea of like, yeah, there's no lawyers who play video games. Well, that's, obviously, that's not true. Tyler Salt is a lawyer who plays video games. Not to call him right. out, but I know he, he's been around. He's a great guy in the community. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to use a a it. Dude. You know, he knows. He's, he's okay with it. But you get the idea. Like we know there are people who do. We know Henry Cavill. Right, uh, uh, Terry Crews, big actors, right? Big, they're they're huge nerds and video game players. Like like we know these big people, uh, lots of NFL players, football players, you know, um, celebrities, big people, they're they're doing, politicians, play. You, you catch them playing Candy Crush on the congressional floor. Yeah. Um, so this idea of like the social construct that I had kind of built in my head was, you have to give up your fun part to be a serious, if you wanna be good at your job, you gotta give it up. Because lawyers just work all the time. Right. And so working through that, again, it was this idea of like, you got to be happy with what you do. If you're not happy with what you do, you got to stop doing that and do something else. And so mm-hmm. that, was, that was a big deal because it just made me feel good about my choices. And I, it, wasn't like, it wasn't like I was skipping class because I was playing World of Warcraft. It was more of like, I shouldn't be even looking at what games are coming out next year because I'm going to be working. There will be right. no time for games. This is not what you do anymore kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, I, i not to that extent, but like, mm. you know, when I remember my kid being born, I was like, all right, I'm, I've been playing Rando and I play other video games and I'm going to have to give all this up. Like, I, I remember yeah. kind of like having that conversation <laughs> with myself and you know, you, you learn, you know, I learned a way to find like a, 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 a healthy life balance, you right. know, with, with gaming and stuff. And obviously, yeah, like, do I want to sit here and play Rando like more than I do? Obviously. But, you know, I'm playing enough to be to be happy and enjoy it, and right. that's you know that, that
1: that's kind of the balance you have to strike, I guess, is a way to put it. Exactly, and I think a lot of people go through this uh, in some ways, just this idea of like depending on what your your career is or what you're, you know, you just talked about like fatherhood, because the same thing, right? Like where whatever role you're supposed to play, there's a construct around it, and so you know, the out yeah. the therapy was like, who cares. You know, like, like, what do you want to do? What makes you happy? What's what, who are you? And to really focus on that. And that, that was huge. Um, that came up later. So like I said, about six years after law school, practice for about six years. I hated being a lawyer. Um, like the practice it was just so stressful. Some people love it. I, again, same thing. Everybody's got a preference. Um, right. Some people love the stress, the action of court work, um, trying to file documents on time. I mean, it was a point where I would lay on the floor at four, four o'clock praying that my document, my motion would get through the electrical electric system, the submission system, because mm-hmm. if it didn't get there on time, I lose the case and probably lose my job. Um, and that was just too Dang. much stress. Like it was just, this is what you do because you yeah. know, the time, it just takes a lot of time and work and you have deadlines. And my wife was saying like, she noticed like a personality change. You know, I wasn't like, it wasn't like I was becoming mean or anything, but it was like, you know, I was being more for an extrovert who talks a lot. I was being quieter and more reserved. And you could tell that I was stressed out all the time. And, Right. And so we had a talk and it was like, all right, you know, I don't think I should do this anymore. But having put all those time resources, I still have the student loans from that. (laughs) You know, like, what do you do? Mm -hmm. And so another big part of that is that another big lesson I learned was it's never too late to change what you want to do. So I went back to school again. Um, I thought, you know, I had worked with health insurance, employee benefits, employment law stuff. Uh, My focus was kind of in that area, workers' compensation, stuff like that. So I said, all right, I'll go back to school and become like an HR administrator or something like something in a corporation. That's a little bit easier, <laughs> less stressful, you know, sure. a little more yeah. focused. And I learned about that. There's a whole field for training, that there are people who their whole job is teaching adults. Um, and my whole life, besides video games, teaching was always all a big part of it. You know, I, I, told, I said I originally went to college to be a teacher, a mm-hmm. band director. Right. Um, I did substitute teaching. My mom is a teacher. Ultimately, my wife is is a teacher, you know, um, it's just that's a huge part of my life. And It was like, whoa, I can have a career where I just teach people. Um, And so I went headfirst into that field of teaching and learning and became what's called an instructional designer. And so for the last six years or so, I've been an instructional designer where I build training courses for people. Um, So if you think about, you know, you take an online course at work right boring ones i don't make boring trainings okay
0: good (laughs) because if i when i work at a bank if i have to take another anti-money laundering Mm. bs um quiz that's that's awful uh i'm I'm you know i I don't want to go back to that job
1: ever (laughs) yeah no and that's it and that's the stuff i fight against um and and so you know i make that stuff but not that kind of material because that's not good learning Um, and so we take all the, you know, I learned a lot about how, you know, a lot of more like the philosophy kind of applied with that in behavioral psychology kind of applied stuff where it's like, all right, I could put all this, the writing experience of law school, the ability to work with clients, you know, a lot of the skills I I gathered, I'm able to apply at my job now as a training creator. Um, but the idea is like, how do we make people learn? How do we help people get better at their jobs? Um, and ultimately how how do you, if people are better at their jobs, they're often happier people too right? Less stress, less, more skill. So I'm able to take kind of lessons I learned for myself and apply it in that way. So, um, one of the coolest things is I actually got, get to apply my love of gaming to this, the career. Um, there's a a concept called gamification. Have you ever heard of that gamification?
0: I've, I've heard it, but you know, as far as like completely understanding it, I can't say that I fully understand it, but I think, isn't that something along the lines of kind of like you try to almost immerse someone in in something like it's a game like you're you're trying to make it a game
1: exactly so we take the psychology of games what makes them interesting what helps you excel at them the literacy of it you know how do you learn to play a game um how you apply skills as you develop in a game um and everything around that and and try to do it with learning so for Mm -hmm. example and it's not just a lot of people say gamification is just making games and a lot of times you're not making just games. You're taking the pieces of a game. Um, so, for example, we talked about Earthbound and why right. Earthbound was so important to me. And I said, the story, the underlying, the undertones, the things that were happening. Okay. Well, we can, we can make good stories happen in learning. You just talked about, what was it, a bank fraud or something? A security oh, yeah, fraud or, or something? Anti money laundering stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, instead of having it be some stupid lecture where someone's just talking and you're watching slides appear, and then you take a quiz. Instead, of what we do is say, okay, well, here's Dante. Dante, you know, with a person, fake person, we say Dante is uh, first time on the job here at the bank. You know, they're, they're they've they've got kids at home. They're doing this stuff. We give them like a character, and we take them through their day. And you are the k- kind of the character. Think about you know, Escape from Monkey Island, those kind of point and click adventures. We can create that experience in a serious way, where you're going through the person's day, facing bank fraud, <laughs> bank right, fraud, right. all different things learning the material, applying it in, in situations like scenarios. Um, and then instead of just saying like, let's do a multiple choice quiz at the end, we have you actually apply what you learned through kind of like practice activities. So we can take okay. that training to a level where like, yeah, it's still kind of boring because it's training, but like it's going to be a little bit more interesting. You, yeah. won't, you won't be totally bummed out that it's time to take it. You'll always be a little bummed out. I'll be honest people hate training most of the time, (laughs) you know, like the annual stuff, but it won't be like, Oh man, it would be like, Oh, you know, this is the one we're going to do the thing with the penguin again. Hooray, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you know, that kind of, we had a a privacy penguin thing with a HIPAA, the, the health privacy law. And so people would just know that like, yep, it's time for privacy penguin again. And, you know, kind of became a meme instead of just like this, yeah drone, it's time for a training but It sticks.
0: So, yeah. it sticks in their head so it, it works that way yeah. in that
1: regard and so characters uh competition so we take all these different mechanics of games so like competition you know basic stuff just to have you compete against each other for something dumb um you know uh leaderboard points stuff like that sure. um different Race things yeah exactly <laughs> they matter uh <laughs> uh dopamine hits things that make you feel good um You know, and there's also, there's, I think what's fascinating, I also play a lot of board games. And there's a lot of psychology on the type of people who play board games. Like, there are these different characters, different um, profiles, if you will. Um, Everybody kind of fits a profile of the type of board game player they are. So, for example, imagine you've got, like, five people playing Risk or uh, Pandemic or Settlers of Catan or Monopoly, whatever, pick a game. And everybody's kind of a different personality type. Like, one person might be... um, like kind of the supporter where they're more about like, how we get the rules followed. How do we get, uh, you know, make sure everybody's in the game, pay- paying attention, you know, kind of that like mom role where they're worried right. about other people. There's, there's a kingmaker. That's the person who's like, well, if I can't win, I'm going to pick who does. And then the, you know, they're the kind of person mm-hmm. who, who will interfere to help someone they want to win. Um, there's the person who just wants to be the troll, right? There's always the troll, the person who's like, well, I'm going to figure out a way to break this. Um, you have that learning. People will go oh, yeah. like, I'm going to figure out how to break <laughs> this quiz, you know, and prove that you're like, wrong. Prove that I know more than the trainer. Um, you know, right. stuff like that. So you have all these personalities. Well, that's in learning too, right? You've got, um, you know, I know that because of my law background, I will overanalyze questions. So I have a hard time taking multiple choice questions because I'm trying to like overthink what, what I think the answer is. Sure. And that's the personality type, right? So you have to build training around that. That's gamification. It's all comes back from. The type of people who are playing, you know, when you do development testing and video games, you're wondering about those people who are the people who are going to try to find the glitches or the mm-hmm. people who are just trying to get to the end, you know, who are playing for just for fun, that kind of stuff. Same thing applies to training.
0: Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense, actually, because, I mean, you know, looking <laughs> back at some of the, the bank stuff that I used to have to do because uh, it was just for everyone, even though I didn't handle money. It's kind of like, you know anything that you could do that to make it a little more interactive instead of mm-hmm. just a, a task to like check off, like it, it would definitely make people more involved. Like, you know, doing anything as a group is better than having to like sit at your desk and just kind of do virtual learning by yourself and just read slides yeah. and then take a quiz. Cause that's, that that's boring. No one wants to do that.
1: <laughs> well, and things change so much with COVID and everything and virtual learning, everybody going virtual, like, you know, you don't get to sit everybody in groups and say, in a person and say, all right, talk at your table about stuff. Interact with people. Yeah. It's like go into a breakout room and good luck if you're you you know if you're at, in a virtual setting. Right. So there's some new challenges for sure from that.
0: Yeah, and I mean, luckily the technology's there where you can yeah. kind of work around it. But, um, well, I, I'm, I'm glad you shared all that. That's, that's like insane. Because uh, yeah. like just thinking how all that like came full circle for you, uh, you know, being able to, it's like you were on on point with what you wanted to go to school for way back being a teacher, but yeah. you had to find that exact like your exact path to get there and I, I think that's it's awesome that you've kind of found something you're enjoying doing.
1: yeah, it's funny that way. um one other thing to add with that was was really cool. Um, the last job before this one I had for about a couple of years, um, it actually was making games. I was making virtual reality programs for training. Okay. Um, wow and so Yeah. So, so it was making uh, for utility companies, making interactive virtual reality with like an Oculus um, or meta, whatever I call it now. And the Pico headsets, we, I would I would do the design and then hand it off to a development team that would actually, you know, 3d model and do everything. So I'd work with the client and do all the writing and all the, you know, basically come up with the user interface that what would we do all the activities. And I did stuff, we did stuff like, um, you know, if you were an electrical worker going up to the, to a transformer, on a, on, a, on a power line and you had to mm-hmm. drive the, the cherry lift, you know, the, the cherry picker. So we right. actually build this thing where you, and it's crazy and I've never been on a real one, but I have having done that project and tested it. I feel like I've been on one before because you go up in the cherry picker, you go up, you hear the hum of the transformer. Like there's electricity flowing. It's scary. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. And we did this stuff because it's really amazing to be able to say, all right, you can do this here where you're not going to get electrocuted. You know, like people will die if you don't know how to do this. You need to learn, you know, it's it's huge safety. So being able right. to test that in, in, with an Oculus headset before you go out there and be like, remember how to, this was like safety training. Like, how do you put the rubber right. things on the line? How do you make sure everything's secure and safe? And it was basically a game with points and, you know, in a in a VR situation. It was really, really cool. I did that for a couple of years. It's also
0: nice, like in any training, anything dangerous. Uh, and I know I'm kind of like making light of it, but mm-hmm. like something that dangerous that you get an opportunity to like make a mistake and die, nice. but yeah. but it, it doesn't actually happen, you know? Right. Um, because you know, a lot of people, especially like we talked about the generation before us, like maybe get that opportunity, uh, right. you know, and, and you know, it's, it's, it can be, it can be really tragic in some of those yeah. cases for, for those dangerous jobs. Um, I want to jump sure. to, to this because I, uh, I was told about this and I, I was actually kind of fascinated, um, diving through some of these, but, Temp had mentioned, uh, the YouTube channel shark invested water. Yeah. Um, so tell me, tell me, you know, how long have you been doing this? Uh, and, uh, also like, you know, what, what spawned, uh, the interest for this.
1: So, um, there's actually a movie coming out. I'm not part of it. I'm just saying there's relevant timing. Uh, it's the movie about the GameStop stuff, the stock stuff. Uh It's like bad money or mad money. I can't remember the name. Um, but that's, I kind of latched onto that era of stock stuff. Um, so if you remember 2021 um, again we're all at home still the stock market became like a thing on Reddit um, mm-hmm. people were trading GameStop trying to push GameStop I don't, that's again, that's over my head math wise of how they were doing that but people were just making a bunch of money basically betting on GameStop that should never have made any money because they were basically going against these hedge funds and so stock became like a big thing um, for the average person like us and so yeah. there, I was just kind of following it, I'm bummed I wasn't actually put any money into it, but it seemed super risky to me. So I missed out on <laughs> <Same>. some money. <laughs> so I almost don't want to see the movie because I feel jealous that I missed out. <laughs> but, but I mean, I did okay because what happened was, um, just kind of watching what was happening. People were getting into penny stocks, um, which again, Wolf of Wall Street, that's what that's all about. Penny stocks. And they're literally the, the stocks that are worth like a cent or less. Like they trade, you can buy stocks that are like point zero 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 one. You know, sure. and they go up Point zero zero two. that's a 100% increase. So yay, this is not stock advice. Do not take any stock advice. Um, right, yeah, sure. <laughs> avoid penny <laughs> stocks. Um, they're scary because they also just tank really fast and you just lose money. Um, but the idea was, I was watching this and, there, you know, I, I just kind of paying attention to the whole community of the stock folks, uh, average folks getting into it. It's called retail stock. Um, and was, I noticed that there were people who were chasing lawsuits. And they said, hey, there's these companies, these penny stocks that are worth nothing, but they're suing like huge company, international companies that if they win, they'll get millions of dollars and then their stock will jump.
0: Oh, okay. And so,
1: which is an interesting theory. <laughs> I'm not sure if it holds up, um, but the idea is, okay, I want to follow one of these. Just let's see. And I, f- I found one that was called uh, HCMC, Healthy Choices Management Corporation. It's like a health food store in Florida Um, I don't know anything about it other than that, but they also own a bunch of patents for, um, which is funny, vaping and e-cigarettes. So they're healthy choices, but like, okay, healthier choices, I guess, better than cigarettes. I don't know. I can't comment on vaping and stuff, but they they own these patents and they had sued Philip Morris, which is like the, one of the two biggest companies for cigarettes and tobacco in the world. Um, that's like Marlboro and those kinds of things. So they sued them saying that this vaping pen, this Icos vaping pen, um, that they sold for billions around the world was actually their patent. And so it set off this huge storm of people buying into it. And and with stock, when people buy a ton of stock, the stock price tends to go up because it makes it the demand. And when people sell, it goes down because the demand's less. And so because so many people were like buying on this court case, the stock just kind of skyrocketed way more than it ever should. So I was like really interested in what's going on there. And so as I, being having been a lawyer, I still, you know, I st- still know my law stuff, even if I'm not practicing. Um, I was just observing what people were saying. And they were just always, they're just really wrong about how the court process works. Like they were thinking like, ooh, tomorrow could be the day we're going to get rich. There's going to be a settlement. I'm like, no, no, no. It's it takes years, it takes months. And so just to kind of yeah. help the community, I made like a 45-minute video just explaining, again, because I like to teach. Did I, and I wasn't like coming down on people. I was just saying, hey, you should all know this because I hate to see you throw your money away. I did about a 45 minute explanation of how a lawsuit works, which is mm-hmm. like first year law school stuff for me. But, you know, a lot of people don't didn't study that. Um, and I immediately got like 15,000 views and monetized the channel overnight. Wow. So Insane. <laughs> so since then, I'm still doing it now because that case I told you cases take years. It's still going on. Um, and they're suing RJ Reynolds, which is the other big company. So there's just lots of stuff to, to do. So I've just been making YouTube videos, reading documents and saying, you know, here's what evidence means. Here's what a uh, motion here. This is what this is saying. Just taking stuff that I know is having practiced law and, you know, uh, brought in some other folks who are experts on the material. Um, if, if folks know CJ from, from Team 40 Bunks, who's been around in the community, um, he came on it because he's got a chemistry background. We were talking about combustion. We did like a podcast. <laughs> you know, it was just, wow. it was cool. But the highlight of it, which is just insane to me, is I once did a live stream where 1,500 people watched me read a legal document. Wow, okay. <laughs> um, which I don't, I mean, you know, I'm good. I'm done. I mean, I'm good. I'm in sense of like, I, I'm good to go. I no longer need to stream sure. or do anything. Uh, that's that's a lifetime achievement. I never, I don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> like that's never that's gonna happen awesome. again you know, like what a weird thing. Um, but it was just because I'm just teaching people and those folks who were, you know, investing in that company just wanted to know if they were going to hit a jackpot or not. And yeah. The case is still going. So I still make videos to update it. You know, it was, it was fun. And now it's like three years later and I'm like, come on, I'm, I'm getting kind of tired of it. <laughs> to be like, honest,
0: I need <laughs> you guys to, to either, you know, win or lose or disappear. You know, like yeah. I need the saga to end. It's like, at this point is it like a is it like a, a TV show that you just like you like the first 3 seasons and then you know seasons 4 <laughs> through 8 you're just kind
1: of like can this end at this point? <laughs> well, and it was really fun because there was still hope. And now they're like they lost a couple times, they're in appeals, like it's not in good shape from a legal perspective. And so like mm-hmm. every every video I make is saying like well here's why this is probably not going to go well. You know, it's not like I I was like the yeah. man, the first year where it was just like all right, here's what's happening next. This is, this seems good. You know, this is fine. This is normal. And then it became like, well, they lost. Now they're appealing. They're they're probably not going to win that. You know, like it just was, it became bad news. Um, Yeah. Which again, I feel is important because my whole point is to educate these folks. I don't, I don't want to see people. There's a lot of people on YouTube, especially in 2021 that were just hyping up stock because they were actually making money off of that. Um, Some people actually got a, uh, the sec, Heart of Justice actually took them down because on Twitter they were pumping stocks and insult- then they were committing fraud. So a lot of mm. that, that whole, a bunch of big wow. guys that had big Twitter groups, um, you know, they were putting out tips like, Hey, we should buy this stock on Monday. It's going to go up. And then they would sell behind everybody while they're continuing to pump the stock. So a couple of videos on that too, but the, just the idea of like 2021 was crazy. Um, and that movie, I hope that movie does a good justice to what was happening. Um, cause this yeah. is
0: nuts. Cause yeah, I remember 2021 and like, you know, like Robin hood was like the, the most mm-hmm. mainstream way for like, you know, the average Joe to buy stock. And I had multiple people telling me you should do this. And I'm thinking, you know, the boats already sailed. Like, yeah. you know, if I know about it, because I'm not like looking at it from the ground floor, like I, I, I went through this with crypto. Like I thought that yeah. was going to be get rich quick and I didn't lose money on it but I definitely didn't make money either. It was just kind of like, well, now I'm paying taxes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. man. Uh, that's cool. I, I uh, for your sake, I, I do hope that it, you know, it ends
1: uh, it, the saga yeah. can, oh, concludes cool. at some point. You know, and but, I tried uh, to make it into like uh, a thing that was more than just that, you know, I tried things like here's some general legal tips and you know, like there was some stuff about like how to buy a house for the first time. And yeah, I tried to branch out and then like nobody cared. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but you know, but if I make a video, it takes me like 10 minutes to talk about a, a, a document I saw or motion or something, I'll get, you know, 3000 oh, yeah. hits, you know, it's like 50 bucks a video to do like a couple hours of work. So I'm like, how can I not do that? Yeah. But you know, I'm just kind of like, you guys don't just go away. <laughs> not that, I don't mean it in a mean way, but this is like, get off this stock. <laughs> like, that's crazy. But it, but it tanks so badly. I mean, that's why I feel bad. Like it's, it's worth nothing now. Because mm-hmm. the reality is they, they all sat too long. So, which is the same thing with everything. And, you know, I've said that on video. So this isn't like secret inside information about nothing, but yeah. You know, it's people. And that's the thing with content creation to segue to that. Cause I, you know, I love the people in community who are like, they're trying to become partner on Twitch or they're doing a lot of stuff. It's like content creation. Like I accidentally fell into it, not intending to do that. And man, it's, it's tough. It's a lot of work and like branding. And so, I mean, you guys Absolutely. know from the mode, right? But like yeah you know, people we've who been are talking about that. a
0: new logo for ages and it's yeah. like well i we still haven't done that so.
1: <laughs> and, and the thing is i ha- happened to have posted this video on my like just Jawsome sauce my where i have my speed runs because it was mm-hmm. like the only youtube channel i had so i i was already like this random shark thing and so that's why i became shark invested waters because it was fun and got a logo made and stuff but like you know it was so weird to be like they're, they're, they're like this guy who plays games who talks stock talk. <laughs> like,
0: yeah okay random that's pretty sick so, um so so talking about random um yeah. yeah we're getting into the point tell me tell me how you found rando like so how did you get into randomizers and speed runs and and the like
1: um yeah i started working from home in the covid era right so 2020 um yeah. spent a lot of time watching youtube videos while i worked and a couple of big um big time streamers unfortunately one of which who has just recently got into some super hot water over a charity issue um, you probably all know who I'm talking about, um, but he and his bearded friends did a, uh, did, did rando. They did rando on stream on on their channel. And okay. I, I was like, this is awesome. This is the thing. And so I found the website, that, you know, cause they had a link to it, went to the, the, the generator started doing it. And then I was like, Oh, I need more of this. Um, and then found the go mode podcast. Um, just binged the heck out of that one. All of the, uh, <laughs> you know, all of the, I loved all of the individual, like here's the dungeon or here's a a mechanic like that, that kind of library of skill. Um, and then by then it was like, I think it was like three weeks to the mentor tournament signups for 2020 when I had found that. So it was like, cool. It was just kind of, I fell into it because of a YouTube channel community was set up pretty good to find it. And then also Reddit. I did some of the races on Reddit. Okay. Like the async uh, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, then the mentor tournament in 2020 This just kind of went so, from there
0: how was uh how was your mentor tournament experience you have i mean you're still around i assume you had a good time yeah. but yeah, how, we, how I did just did league, you? so
1: um i'm less active as much but mostly because of time but you know mentor tournament was awesome i mean it was just the perfect time to do it uh i mean i've real you've probably heard on every time lumaga comes on i feel like he names throws my name in there for some reason but like he and <laughs> i became really good friends through the mentor he was my first mentor and Tyler Saul, all these people that I hang that are my real, they're real friends to me now. Um, yeah. all because of the mentor tournament. zero Nix, um, Dapper Warman, like the, the Amish paradise folks, like all those guys. Um, it's all because of that mentor tournament. So thanks Dante. <laughs> I, I mean,
0: you know, it's blame Danty is what people say, yeah, yeah, but, okay. um, I, In I this mean, thank Tim, thank Tim, because I, I did not come up with the mentor tournament. I guess axial too. Uh, because you know, I, I just kind of, fell into it after tip told me to, Hey, can you, can you come on and do this podcast with us? So uh, I definitely not something I could ever take credit for, but I I do love seeing that. Like, I don't know, it affects so many people. Like I feel like a lot of the community, obviously not the majority, but a lot of the racing community now is kind of like they have some like rooted uh, either like direct or indirect, like link back to the mentor tournament now, which is really cool to
1: kind of see, I think. Well, I think what was important, at least for my, my cohort, the 2020 folks, is like, I don't know that the community leaders like you guys, you and Temp and Herf and everybody, I don't know if you realize like how important your existence was to a lot of people, like right place, right time kind of thing of like, we all needed something to do something to get our minds off like the insanity. Like, like it was just this, that was so perfect. Um, I mean, a lot of it, like, I, I know just from the people you've talked to, they've said a lot of the same stuff. It's just, like, just the Go Mode podcast, the the, the existence of this community, and ultimately this, the other subcommunities communities with, with Rando that I've seen and that are out there. Yeah, you know, we got Avian art now and all these other groups. You know, like, that was, it's like, I don't know what, what it would have been like without you guys. Like, it, for a lot of us, because, like, what else? We would have had to find something else to do, and who knows if it would have been as fulfilling. So, like, yeah. you guys has really created this community at the perfect time and I think that's why it's been taking off for years. It's just like, it was it, the 2020, 2021 time we really needed this kind of thing. Now you have this established base of people like us that, you know, people like, uh, you know, J.K. Lowell, those folks, other folks that have been around, they're just taking it, taking it to the next level, making right. it even bit better and bigger. So I hope everybody who, who's working on 2019, 2020, hope they understand, like, thank you. <laughs> you know, you guys were just perfect timing. To, to be here
0: thing I, I i don't even know what to say to that um uh, thanks uh, i mean i i, I don't, it's funny because like you know looking back i i'd say like i feel like if i i can say i've had an impact on a lot of people in rando but at, you know at the time it was just like hey this is fun i'm gonna do this it's kind of like yeah. you falling into the youtube content creation like you said right. you know i'm not making money you know bossing people around on the old racing council or whatever you yeah. know whatever <laughs> what everybody thought i did or whatnot but uh you know it was just it was it was fun it was I felt like I was helping and mm-hmm. I, I did it so uh, I mean it's good I, I really appreciate you saying that it, it's and always good to hear that there was some kind of like you know a positive effect uh at some point or another
1: well sometimes it's just creating a place to go is enough right like if there's somewhere to go yeah like a community to belong to that goes such a long way and I mean you know we could talk a whole other day about like comm- fandoms and toxicity and. toxicity you know how people act in communities this community is pretty good like i mean it's you know we've had those little things happen but like you know this overall this is to me at least and again i I, you know everyone's got their perspective and i have a a certain perspective right but like
0: Mm
1: -hmm. everybody's really nice like it's cool helpful like we're 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 goal-oriented towards this game and you know people are chill there's people who who listen to each other you know, hear about their personal life. You know, there's just like a lot to offer here that like, you don't have these like flame wars happening all the time yeah. that you have in other fandoms. Absolutely it's really
0: remarkable. It, it, there's, there's like you said, blips, but on the radar, yeah. so to speak, but there's just, they're not as like crazy. You know, like you said, you you don't have the most time to play this game mm-hmm. anymore. But you did league in season three, and you did it in season six. Does this yeah. mean you're coming back in season nine, uh, or or you know maybe 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 sooner?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm. It's. So I don't know. Like, I just really wanted to play this time. I took a time I you know mostly I was just too busy to yeah. do it. I I did do um you know like challenge cup a couple times, and I did like the pod spoiler tournaments, a couple side stuff. So I've always been around. Mm-hmm. um doing stuff at league i kind of wanted to do mostly because i wanted to do like before the fast rom thing comes in <laughs> to be honest i was like let's just do one more this way sure and also it was just you know uh the amish paradise guys who are like my best friends of rando they had gotten to the invitational so i'm like okay i'm not gonna have to play compete against them it'll be fun <laughs> yeah um and but the, the, but i had so much fun with Bitey and, and power to mario i it's it's amazing i mean <laughs> there's a lot of great players but be, having a chance to pilot a top three or to five NMG runner and pilot, spoiler, that was a dream. And I really hope there's a pilot spoiler tournament because Bytee, being able to pilot him and be able to say, like, do anything and he could go do It's just like, yeah, like everybody needs to do that.
0: Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was amazing. I mean, piloting this year was like the first time for me. And mm. I I had always been a player, you know, like on the um, teams I had been on in the past, it was always like, okay, uh, I'm not piloting. I'll just run. And um, now, like, you know, thinking about it, like with Aerie on the team at the time, and then even with Matt, Mm. it's kind of like, all right, well, Andy and Aerie both are really good at NMG. Matt comes in. He's also good at NMG, like the executions there. And I'm like, I'm good at the game, but I'm not probably not that good so like as good as them so let's you know let's just try and do what's best for for everybody and it was it was so much fun like it's still yeah. fun uh it's it's just man it is so stressful isn't it <laughs> it, the, is. The yeah, but it is piloting it is my
1: just... favorite that is by far my favorite mode to pilot because i don't have to learn glitches i don't have to like like my brain works that way right being a lawyer my, my background all the thing we've talked about like that that keys in really well to like Frantically searching for information and trying to derive a logic. Like that's what a mm-hmm. lawyer does. <laughs> you know, like reads yeah,' a pages really fast, trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and I like that little bit of stress. and then, like the, you know, again, secrets out. You work for twenty minutes, and then you for forty for the other forty, you just cheer your your guy on and give him tips. Um, mm-hmm. but those twenty minutes of intensity, like that's that's the game for me, man. Like I would just pilot all the time if that was an option. That's that's awesome because like it's it's fun <laughs> to find like your niche
0: the thing that like you yeah. love the most like with the game um where like can I ask like where are you at with the game as far as like you know are you, are you content uh you know playing with these guys and the results you guys had like are you any any drive I guess to you know potentially increase the skill at it or are you just in a really happy place with it
1: Yeah, a little bit of both. I mean, I I look at uh, Zelda like golf, um, where it's this game you just can okay. play forever. Um, you get incrementally better at it. So you care about it more than other times. You know, like next year, I might care less or more than I do now. You have more time for it. You know, sure. more more interest, more motivation. Um, right now, I'm you know I, I'm doing some dark world NMG for fun, <laughs> just to again before okay. I like get used because I did one fast rom. I'm not. I, I, my opinion is I had a, I had a pre fast rom opinion, and I have like a post fast rom opinion that doesn't align. Like I, I, I changed my mind a little bit but we don't need to talk about that today, but I'm not ready for that opinion yet. Um, but the idea is like, I did one fast ROM thing, went, oh, okay, this is interesting. I wanna do some more NMG for to, for practice, for fun, get another time out there, and then I'll come back to fast ROM and then see how it goes from there. But I, I did mm-hmm. notice a couple things were like, it is very different in a couple places. Um, where yeah, I'm like, okay. okay, let me, before we move on to this, let's do some NMG. Um, and I didn't know Dark World NMG was a thing, and i'd much rather just do that because you just skip all the the really for me again as a as a up around the average player like not mm-hmm. having to figure out how Lamo arrows work and not falling on moldorm you know like it's cool noble sure. balls so i'm working with that and you know bitey's got a, he's he's the leader for that one too and you know so i'm working on some dark world mg and then um like i said hopefully there's a pilot spoiler tournament uh at some point um I'm definitely, you know, publicly, I'm happy to help with that. Whoever's in charge of that, I'm happy to help. Um, but, you know, and then, yeah. league, uh, you know, assuming PDM and Byte will have me again and, you know, or if they're still, you know, we'll have to see the makeup of the team. But for, at this point, I, I still love, I'm always around. It's just whether I'm competing or not is a different thing.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's what I like to hear. I like to hear that they're just people who are around. You know, like we don't need, you know, this it's, it's healthy in a way, but we don't need like a community doesn't need, you know, 300 people to join the main tournament with the aspiration of winning it, you know, Uh, or like, obviously they're going to try, but like, they're not going to be so try hard. Like, I, I think that would be a miserable existence in a way as well, like in the community, just because of like. You know, we talked. You talked about a little bit of the toxicity that can yeah. come from some gaming communities. I think we'd see more of that if we saw that, but or yeah. had that type of scenario. But you know, it, I, I do think we're in a, a good like balance as far as like where the community as a whole is. So especially like after after the summer blip on the radar uh, from 2023, and then you know coming out <laughs> on the other side of the tunnel, uh, definitely in a better spot. I think.
1: Well, and the way this community works, like I mentioned, how important this community is to me because. I don't have to play this game to be part of this community at this point. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like I could never play another race again. I will still feel comfortable hanging out in the, in the go mode podcast, general chat and the yeah. off topic chats. Right. Or like hang out with people like the relationship. I've, it's, this is the fourth year I've been around, you know, I've, I've established relationships with people, friendships, right? Like the, the social right. aspect is there. And that's really what I need in general from everything. Cause I'm an extrovert who likes to talk to people. So, You know, I don't feel the pressure Mm -hmm. to be like, oh, I better work on this. And I also don't feel like there's a point of no return. Yeah, this game, like, it's again, it's like golf. It's like any kind of skill. We're like, take a year off. It's fine. If you want to learn it again, you can learn it again. Yeah, it'll be (laughs) be there. It'll be here. The game's been here for 30 something years already. It's going to still be there then. You know, at least especially the randomizer doesn't seem like it's going away anytime soon. So please, devs, don't ever take it away from us um but the-, <laughs> the download door rando it's it's, a, it's an executable <laughs> you if
0: you need it or a, po- a python yeah. thing
1: so yeah there's the <laughs> avian art channel or whatever it is um yeah but you know what i mean like and i've been do- uh, by the way pots and bones is my new favorite casual format um if you haven't played pots and bones where enemies in the over underworld drop stuff mm-hmm. i mean it's just the kind of thing where like you get a good good drink hang out with some friends in discord and you just go to yes. go nuts. it's um, super good it's really fun because it's just nonsense you're like oh wow this slime had a had a moon pearl. Cool. <laughs> What was it doing there? Um, but I mean, that's, that's the whole thing with this community. It's like this. It's 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 in, in a sense, it's perfect for what it is because it is just there and it works. Um, mm-hmm. You know. So again, whatever you guys are doing in the back end, hopefully it's not too much work. But to me, from my again from my perspective, it's it's working really well. I mean, how amazing was it that you know there was the 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 marathon um, for Ricky of Kokiri? You know, like stuff yeah. the community is doing, right? Like wow, like that's so cool, like people stepping up people helping out like like that's a sign of a really good community oh yeah me. i so, i percent agree with you on that so i could never play another race again which is not good, definitely gonna happen uh i like it enough to me it's more of a if my kid goes to sleep early enough that i can schedule a race yeah <laughs> you know to get it in um but i mean i i love this community and all the sub communities that branched out and you know i i got a lot i've gotten i've gotten way more out of it than i put in and Hopefully I'll get more time to put more into it, but you know, I appreciate it. That's awesome to hear.
0: I I love to hear when people like say that they got more than they put in, you know, like it, that just means that the community's healthy as far as I'm concerned, you know, and, and there's, there's good people here to be friends with. Um, well, I, I, if I know you say you listen, so, uh, three questions, you know, you probably knew they were coming, so maybe you've Mm -hmm. had time to think about them.
1: Um, what's your most embarrassing moment in randomizer history for you? Um, so there is a clip somewhere. Um, maybe yeah, I'll to dig it out during the mentor tournament. It's not totally embarrassing, but it's really just funny. Um, I my wife was working uh, out of the house that day and I mm-hmm. accidentally locked her out of the house. Um so oh my she climbed through a window and got stuck. And so there's a point where I get up, like I think I'm thinking pot or something, and I have to get up and help her get through the window. And that was my bad. Was this was this like on camera? Yeah, oh yeah, it's in a race. I'll I'll find it. Oh my God. That's like amazing. Like just get up and go, hold on. I got to call my wife. How did I
0: not hear about this? Uh, I yeah. feel like that seems like that would be like mentor tournament history. Uh, <laughs> Oh man. No, no. Uh, I'm sorry for no. your no. wife and I'm sorry okay. for whatever trouble you were in
1: afterwards. No, no uh, it's just my fault. I didn't leave the door unlocked. You know, I just, all I had to do is unlock the door before I started the race. <laughs> well, that, that's a mistake you probably
0: have never made again. Nope. Uh,
1: <laughs> I said, Hey, uh, you should have taken your keys, but I, I didn't say that out loud. That's how I thought. Cause I'm smart. I'm not going to say that out loud to my wife. <laughs> yes. Okay. Good,
0: good man. Uh, so, uh, second, uh, do you have a favorite MSU pack that you like to
1: use? Uh, the sea Stars stars one that Iceman put together, I mean, sea of stars is it, because of the earthbound connection and all that. I just love sea of stars and the music is phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. and it's a, the Iceman put together There's 200 and some tracks in that OST for sea of stars so i don't even know how you pick an msu out of those um but carefully it's, it's just awesome like it, because i love that music and it fits so well with what, what's going on um yeah. that one, and then the second the backup one is always uh length of the brass from the from the game brass um which is just really good uh brass quintet style that's danny music and his, his group yeah they put I out really MSU. Like that,
0: pack. That, that pack is actually really good
1: yeah, but I've, I've been using the, the sea of stars one pretty much every day. So awesome.
0: Uh, and I, uh, lastly here, if you, uh, if you had to lose all your game and memories, uh, but you're allowed to keep one of them, which one do you keep and why?
1: Man, that, that one is definitely, I mean, it's hard to point out one memory, but just the idea of like, like I said, with earthbound is the game that my dad and my sister and I all play. There's no other game that all three of us play. And just mm-hmm. the, just the, the memories and the, just the feelings I get from that game um, r- related to family, I think that definitely are the keepers, the family,
0: the family bonding with, yeah. through through it. I mean, and now I, I, we didn't really get to it, but, uh, you know, now you got the whole switch thing and you can do yeah. like you could go forward, uh, you know, with your kid and and bond, yep. you know, with your kid, like
1: playing the switch together. We do a lot of Pokemon. Um, he's about to be seven. He can read. And that's the. That's like the 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 time for Pokemon because now he can read the or attempt to read the 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 moves. Yeah. Um we just the other day one of the thing we finished uh we, we've been collecting just the original 151 Pokemon for the card game. Not the original versions. We're not rich, that's never gonna happen, but <laughs> just like versions, cheap yeah, versions yeah. of it. so he's now got this uh binder of all 151 original Pokemon that you can now go kind of like a structured collection and go to the local shop and be like, I want to upgrade this Vaporeon or I want to get this next pincer, you know? And so he's, he loves that. And it's something we definitely bond over. Cause you know, there's Pokemon on Minecraft. There's Pokemon Scarlet. Let's go. We are playing that all the time. It's just lots of Pokemon in the house right now, which is fun. That's awesome
0: uh well Jawsome sauce man thanks for thanks for coming on the show and uh and telling us all about you i i dude it's this this has been one of one of my favorite episodes to record Uh, i'll go ahead and say that now um (laughs) because i i I like listening to your takes on a lot of this i thought it was was absolutely amazing cool
1: well you can join my youtube channel and then you can (laughs) yeah i mean yeah i I won't plug it uh don't plug it (laughs) yeah so don't plug it okay no, no, uh, it's fine. you can plug it just know what, people are gonna go there and be like what is this stuff <laughs> well,
0: i niche. mean i'm just messing one of the different videos that you say didn't get a lot of views the the five tips for buying a home i'm just yeah. like you know uh, that's that's on my my you know personal big goals list is to do that again uh or maybe upgrade in the next mm-hmm. you know one to three years if if things continue yeah. on this trend for for us and I'm like, you know, maybe I'll to watch that, just kind of see what, what to expect. And <laughs> I, I, got, I got about halfway through it, and then I, I got a work call. I need to finish the other half. <laughs> cool. So, uh, so I mean, uh, you, you don't yeah. maybe not get like a ton of views from me, but no, you do. Cool. Uh, the things you do, whether or not they are like mass views, they help people.
1: Yeah. And, and that's, that's kind man. of how I looked
0: at it. They're fun. Yeah, man. they're fun, as long as it's fun too. But that's kind of how I viewed Racing Council a lot too. It's kind of like, you know, a lot of people may be mad. But I feel like as a whole, we're helping and, you know, and where we are now with TARC, like people may complain about whatever TARC admins do down the line, but they're probably helping more, more than
1: not. So, yeah. And the, and the good uh, news, I'll say I did find that clip of my wife getting stuck. It's from four years ago. Amazing. So you can take a Perfect. look at that. I, I definitely <laughs>
0: want to see this. Uh, well, again, thank you so much, man. And this has been Jawsome Sauce on the spoiler log. Once again, big thanks to Jawsome Sauce for coming on the show. He's been a big supporter, has even suggested some guests that I've brought on. So do appreciate the support. Glad we got to tell his story. Coming up in two weeks, we have Yurok. Yurok's been around a little bit in the randomizer community, but has been on a big NMG grind. We talk about that and how he's progressed as a player. So yeah, look forward to that in two weeks. We'll see you guys then.